Set Apart Women. Hello, welcome back. We're so glad you're here. My name is Jamie Lynn Wallnow. I'm Candace Hart. And we are your co-host of this beautiful <laughs> podcast. And if you're tuning in, we just want you to know, we believe with all our heart, everything that we put our hands to, that being a set apart woman is a woman who um, lays her life down to follow Jesus, to obey his word. It says in his word, he says many times, if you love me, you'll obey my word. Um, and we find delight in that and it's changed and transformed our life. And then we want to link arms with other women who are seeking him and living this life as well, or who desire to live this lifestyle as well. The one he's called us to and go into the world and make disciples. So we're glad you're here. Um, we don't like to surface level conversate. We like to dive in. And today we are going to address, um, favoritism and I think this is going to be a really cool conversation yeah. to have as women and how this can show up in society subconsciously just, um, and we're in the book in of James, daily lives. Right. Yeah, James, uh, chapter two, but yeah, I think, I think this would be cool. But what I love is Candace is going to set you guys up for when James was writing this yeah. and what was going on and who he was addressing. We just both got these new Bibles, the NASB, the mm-hmm. keyword study, the Greek and Hebrew keyword study. Um, and so she's gonna it's been so fun it's been so fun so we when James is writing we have it's so interesting to see how what we have here in the United States if you're listening or in most of the countries we have more of a democracy set up and when James is writing this there was still a class system so everything think everything (laughs) was divided by either class by your nationality, by your religion. So you're either Greek or uh, you're either Jew or Gentile. And one thing that was also really neat, when he's talking about favoritism, the Jews had their synagogues. It's actually used, the word assembly, I believe, is used in James 2 too. And that means it's literally a synagogue. So the Jews had their synagogues. Not everybody could come in. You couldn't just be walking on the street, walking to the synagogue and listen and worship with them. You had to be of Jew origin. And if you were... Greek, you're, I don't even, I don't know that much about it, <laughs> but you're, you know, worshiping the statues and the Greek gods. And so everybody had the church except the early Christians. Cause you have to realize this is where the Christian church originated. This is that time when it was just being birthed. And so they had nowhere to just go and worship and to hear the lessons, except for when they would find a really large room. A lot of times they did outside or they would rent a hall and they would rent it out just for this certain amount of time, just for this specific purpose to um, talk about Christ and the new, like everything that we're learning here, even going what through James. Learned, yeah. What they learned from Jesus. And so what you had is you are having to unlearn all this massive group of people are having to unlearn what favoritism looks like. And so before, if you would see Jewish priests in the street, they would get your attention. And of course you would show them deference and, Christ is the ultimate unifier of his body. No one is above anybody else. We're all ultimately servants of our good God. And so that's what he is saying. He's like, you can't treat this homeless beggar any worse or any better than you would treat this man walking in with robes and he's got gold all over him and he's going to give all this money to the early church. You can't treat them any different. And this is why he makes such a big deal about that in this particular chapter. Yeah. It reminds me of racism, if I can just go there. I mean, there's a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of white men and women and kids. You don't, you're not born racist. We've heard this, right? You're taught by the way things are categorized or I just, it blows my mind that people are still alive that 
experience drinking from different water fountains and going to different bathrooms because of their skin color. I just, I like, I've wept over this so many times. I'm like, it's just crazy. But then I'm like, somebody taught these people to live this way. And then you think of black men and women and children who were slaves and just what's been carried on generationally. And that is why I would always prefer in the most incredible conversations, look, as a white woman, I am not going to just find comfort. I know this can make people uncomfortable, but I had a lot of conversations around the table with a lot of my black friends during things that, you know, when things were really heightened and the media was stirring um, during all this, I can't find, I can't even pick a favorite because I like what they're saying and it's comfortable to me. Like, oh, I agree with so-and-so because they're really handling this with maturity. It's like, it doesn't take away the fact that some people like what Candace said were of the Jewish descent. And they were told like, you can't come into our church unless you're Jewish, but they've been raised that way their whole life. So who's willing yeah. to let God's love chip away at their heart. There's still people walking around today that have some form of favoritism that can, has hurt you. Yes. Or maybe you've hurt. Yes. Denominations. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Like we grew up church of Christ. And when my friend, she's a Baptist, she told me that, um, she heard that church of Christ people thought that if you weren't church of Christ, you were going to hell. And that I was like, I'm done with this. I'm not, I don't feel that way. I was never <laughs> I taught hearing that. that. <laughs> and I, I do remember hearing yeah. that. But back to what yeah. I was saying, cause I want to close out what I was saying. I, I don't want to like leave that open-ended. I'm saying like sitting around the table with people who have different views than you can be very healthy, but I want to say it must be submitted underneath the Lordship of Jesus Christ, who is not white. Just going to throw that out there. And I just want to say like, his love and his word is true. And he says, if you love me, you'll obey my word. So in times of talking about favoritism, different class, whatever, it must be like our emotions are, he cares about them, but I'm telling you his truth with a capital T is for everyone who says I'm a Christian. And this is a really beautiful way, an example of I'm submitting to God's word beyond what the world has told me yes. and what society has told me. And so I just want to preface this with that. Um, and honestly, that's a rare thing to find in a human being today. It is. But this if you're here, God, we hope you yeah. want to live that way. So the more time you spend with the Lord and the more time you spend with the Holy Spirit, this is what he does. The mm -hmm. fruits of the spirit, they, it does, it equals you out. It unlearns the world and fills you up with God. So totally. And I mean, we coming from the church of Christ, I just, I feel like this is so important to say, we, we didn't plan on like, we don't have like bullet points we're literally having I don't a conversation even want to speak against the church of Christ. Let no. me speak what we were taught. Yeah. We were walking into, I went to a church with a friend in high school and it was a different denomination because the denominations are everything. And I remember thinking, I'm like, they're going to know I'm not one of them. Like I've actually remember feeling that way. Like yeah. they're going to know I'm not one of them. Yeah. And I felt like I was going to be spotlighted and highlighted and um, if they knew I wouldn't be welcome. And it had nothing to do with the church and everything that I had just overheard growing up. And our parents weren't even this our parents have been set free but they yeah so they learned the same thing that we were living in and yeah. they're not and that so way now they weren't teaching us that hey you have to be this or you'll go to hell it was just stuff you heard yeah it was just stuff you ever heard and like i did not nominations were such a big thing especially in the south y'all i didn't i don't remember visiting my friends churches that weren't church mm -hmm. of christ either but i also remember sitting in church knowing there was more but that was a huge rabbit trail but i just want you guys to know from our perspective that religious spirit caused us yeah. to give favoritism and show favoritism, which we're diving in the word to discuss more. And we have had to unlearn 
ourselves, like we're living, like we're living proof. And there are times today where I'm sure it comes up, but I'm telling you, we've been set free from that religious spirit that shows favoritism to one way. It's this way. And it's not God's way. So we just want God's way. We would, we do want favoritism to the man, Jesus, but he loves and has the door open to all who will choose him. So that's the key. And you have Jesus inside you and you are either going to be able to live a life that has the door open to all who choose Jesus or not. And so that's why we're going to talk about this. And let me tell you this, this may not come natural. This may be super unnatural, but guess what? You don't have to do this alone. And the Lord can actually change your heart. It's supernatural. The Lord can change your heart on this and he can actually make it to where you don't have to think about it. This isn't practice. Like it just comes. You can see people. I, there's so many ways where I was like, oh, see this, see this. No, I want to see what God sees, period. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see through any other lens except for the love the Father has on that person and nothing else. And I believe there's training in that. Mm-hmm. And what we have to we go do through- this behind the scenes all the time. Something yeah. will come up. And I love calling Candace because she doesn't coddle. And this is how, this is what's great. And I honestly, not all my friends could talk to me the way that we, I don't think I could have- We're very open friend. with each other about yeah, that. Yeah, we just have a history. Struggling. Like- she feels for me, but she goes straight to the truth because she knows that's what I need and that's what I'm calling her for. And so like, we are always constantly obliterating the favoritism or the, you know, you can put up a wall towards somebody that God is asking you to love and keep the door open to, which in the world, they'd be like, oh girl, you need to close that. That's a healthy boundary, but really you're building Mm -hmm. that boundary from offense, hurt or protection. And Jesus never did that which is how he ended up dying on a cross. Cause he never did that. And it was so different than anybody had ever seen before. And so get yes. somebody in your life who will continue to help obliterate what we're talking about. Let's dive in the word. We yeah. Keep going. So where do you, you can start off. Well, let me, I mean, just dive in James. Okay. Two. Listen, James two, there's a few that really stuck out to me and we're actually, we're going to split into two videos probably. So we just want to talk about partiality right now. And this this part, so in James 2, 5, it says, listen, my beloved brethren, I'm an NASB. Sorry, let me throw that out there. Did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? And so part of me was thinking, I'm like, okay, take away the rich and the poor. And really, when he says the poor of this world, it's the ones that people look down on, the ones that are um, people don't expect much from. I think they're overlooked many, many times. And the Lord had to remind me that we bring nothing to the table except for the sin that put them on the cross. And so we can't, that's all we have. Everything of this world, anything good that we have, the Lord's given to us. And so how we have to put pride aside when we are looking at the body of Christ and the people he wants us to see, because the people that he is highlighting to you and that he wants you to reach are usually not in the church. It, I mean, there are there's ministries in the church, but it's the ones that people don't want to touch is the people that people don't want to go near or don't know how to go near. And we have Just met don't think to even go near because you're so yes. stuck in your own subculture of your city. And we've met women who are shaking up there. So what Cindy McGill does this amazing. She's crazy. Cool Shout girl. out Cindy. Yes. <laughs> she's probably not she listening. Does what this- up girl? crazy cool work where she goes into these adult conventions and she goes into burning man and she goes into the pits of despair. I don't even know how to put it. And adult convention conventions, just for people. Yeah. Who don't well, that's not even something that ever would occur to me to do. And we have Jerry and Webb who goes into strip clubs to love the women there. And that's what God calls us to do. He doesn't call us to convert. He doesn't call us to change. He calls us to plant the seeds of love 
And you have to get rid of partiality to do that because I don't even know how to walk into that. Yeah. It's like, I love this. I yeah, want to learn. And yeah. they're answering, like you have something you're called to and you just may not know because maybe the walls are so far up there. It's caused you to not be able to hear, see, or understand what God is saying in an area. And so we're hoping to obliterate that as we read, but I love this. It keeps going. I have the NIV version. Yeah. Keep going. You know, it says, but you've insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble man, the noble name of him to whom you belong? And I just want to say, if you have a lot of money, it's not bad. You know, like, uh, I think, I think that this is more so addressing like the worldly view of money and success. Like, are these the ones who yeah. are just not after the bottom dollar? Are these not the ones who are putting Jesus on the cross, who are seeking, you know, who just want to be around people that can help them get where they're going next to benefit their relationship, their business, you know, people who are in network marketing, for example, you know, money is often the driver. And I think you can do yeah. network marketing with a beautiful, pure heart. Um, but oftentimes they're only friends. They're people who are in their company with them because it benefits them. They may not be aware of that, but their only friends are literally the only people who run and do business with them. And to me, I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I had, I noticed that when I was in that world more so, and I didn't like, I have too many friendships to enjoy diving in that way, but I'm saying, and I just really don't want to slander network marketing. That's not my heart at all. I'm just saying that is, it is possible. This is a heart posture that he's addressing too. all throughout scripture. It is a heart posture. Like, um, so anyways, do we want to keep reading or yeah. Keep going. So, um, says, do they not blast? So this was really interesting. So do they not blast me the fair name by which you have been called when it talks, it's not just trying to drag the rich through. I think, um, said rich that oppress you and personally drag you into the court. So he's literally, he's being literal in this sense when he is, he's actually approaching certain situations that were going on in that time. And when you realize the most influential people where we live, are usually ones with money. It doesn't mean it's evil. It doesn't have to be because God calls it to use it for his good, but the ones who influence that. And so what morally are we fighting against even right now? When we have everything coming out with Disney and we have everything coming out, it started with Netflix and I know I'm going to show stuff. Um, well, it's a huge part of our culture. It is. And so it's places with a ton of money and their influence. And he's like, why would you favoritism? Why would you show favoritism towards these people who are morally bankrupt as opposed to the hungry and the morally hurting? bankrupt? Oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it, but are the people that really need me. And so when he's talking about court and dragging through, he's actually addressing certain situations going on at that time. But also we have to start showing favoritism to those who we let. And I want to say this, we allow to run our country. Yeah, that's true. You just literally dropped the mic. You dropped your hand on your, on your journal. You were like, hey, <laughs> as the mom. See? I love it. That was a Selah moment. No, it's true. And, and man, there's, this is like a multifaceted. We're like, thing. how do we not the go off? Is, no, I mean, the thing is about this is James is, I love, I mean, I love that you keep bringing it back to this. It's important. He is addressing a certain audience, but we are learning from mm -hmm. what they went through ourselves um let's keep reading yeah unless there's something that you said something and it made me think of something but i forgot what it was so if however you are fulfilling the royal law according to scripture y'all he says you shall love your neighbor as yourself then you are doing well this all goes back to love yeah it all goes back to loving your neighbor it all goes to 
dying to yourself daily, to putting others above yourself, to looking at their needs, to humbling what, where you are to see what they are. Yeah. Like, have you been without? And if you have, who showed up for you then? Yes. Nobody or did somebody? And when somebody else is without, oh, hey, everybody, everybody <laughs> watching on YouTube. This is my firstborn son. If you Remy. can hear him breathe in the mic. I know. Okay, Remy. Man, he looks ginormous. He really he is. You are just big. Okay. Hey, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Your creator. He made you. Okay, we're me. done. Okay, baby, get down. I love you. Sorry for everybody. That's who's, funny, y'all. Uh, if, you're, if you're not watching on YouTube, you just missed out. Okay. So they're like, what minute is this? I want to go see him. No. Um, this is what's crazy is this hops into this. Love your neighbor is just, oh, showing up for yourself. Like, I don't feel when it says love your neighbor as yourself. I know we, that could be a whole episode. We should, we should totally know. We say this all the time. First. Make a note. Yeah, Somebody email not, us. I'm not <laughs> talking about like self-care, like, oh, let me make time for me. I'm saying yeah. that's okay to make time for you. I do think that's important, but not at the expense of not living the gospel and you making mm-hmm. it all about you making time about you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But anyways, listen, it says, Love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law mm. as lawbreakers. If you show favoritism, y'all. it's sin. This is New Testament, y'all. That's crazy. No, I just get excited. Like this all ties in. I get so excited about this part because I we want to cherry pick. Yeah. We do want to cherry pick. And how, okay, this is what we were talking about. Were we were talking about this before. It's like We are naturally drawn to people who have our same likes, who look like us, Mm -hmm. who have the same fashion desires, who are socially normal, that aren't going to embarrass us, who act the way that make us feel comfortable. Look, subconsciously, we do this all the time. We have to be really real with ourselves. Okay. Mm -hmm. You go to a table and you sit at a table and you get to choose and handpick all your friends who make you feel comfortable. What I love about set apart women is we are gathering a bunch of women that we would have never been friends with or never known and have so much affection and love for them. And I'm not calling these people weird. Have you met us? I mean, like we are our own (laughs) breed, but I'm saying there's something valuable about everybody coming to the table. And some of these people are really struggling and hurting and needing help. And I don't want to I want to be able to help and serve people the way that I would hope that they would help and serve me, not because I would hope they would, but because Jesus says, this is the way. And so I think this is something to consider in the kingdom of heaven. You know, at church, we go to a church that fits our needs. that makes us feel comfortable. They talk about yes. what makes us feel comfortable when you show up on a Sunday. Are you being challenged at oh all? Word. Are you running with people in the church who, who make mm. you feel comfortable? Or are they constantly pushing you out of your comfort zone? Like, this is so real. Are you showing favoritism amongst churches? And have you made an idol of your church and favoritism? Because a lot of people do that with these mega churches that their worship is amazing or their preaching yeah. is amazing or everybody knows who the preacher is. And yes, that's my church. And it's like, but is the fruit of your life, are you serving people who aren't like you when they can't give you anything in return? And are you inviting them into your home at your table? Or are you just going into the, something that makes you feel comfortable and running away? Do you know yes. what I'm saying? Like it's deeper there than there's healthy boundaries to keep in your, you know, between your family and everything else. But I think for a lot of time, especially I can say this, I live this, I have my church life is totally separate than my personal life. And then that wasn't even, it wasn't even that my personal life was so evil. It was just, there was boundary there. It was separate. I didn't have the same people that I would do in my personal life. And when you talked about too, it is so easy to say, hmm, I'm going to avoid this. I want to word this right. Because I don't want to say this with love. 
I have so many conversations with people and their identity is so wrapped up in the church they go to. And I'm like, but what about you? Who are you? Oh, they're like, good. but my church says this. And I, and like, I'll hear, you can't have a single conversation with a church coming up. I want you to love your church. I want you to love the body that you celebrate with every week and that you spend so much time with. But if every single one of your friends is in that church, there's an issue. If every single one of your friends is in church in general, there's an issue. Like you have to, and well, well it's easy to get that, caught in this You might bubble. want to break that down a little bit. I get what you're saying, but I want to say from a scriptural standpoint, you are not to continue to hang out with people who are in major sin drinking. You are not to like, no, not like especially that. if they're claiming to be Christian, but you don't treat non-believers and believers the same. She's mm-hmm. wanting, if I'm correct, she's addressing the fact that are you outside of your normal, comfortable, whatever, because like Jesus sent these missionaries out without anything without money without a bed without a plan to make way for him to come into the city and to tell people that i mean it was very uncomfortable right it was horrible are you are you around people who are constantly like are you willing to be outside of your bubble yeah be around your church and be around that but i can speak personally it is so easy to get comfortable and so even when you're uncomfortable things you're being god is pushing you to it's so easy to get comfortable with your people and you have to make sure your identity is not wrapped up in what your church does what the other people do who you know who you spend your time with um and that anyways that that can go into a whole nother thing i think you're we yeah i know yeah okay sorry i just no it is true but also like obey god mm-hmm. be where he's called you to be i feel if you were to be at a church, it should be a church. Hear me out. Some of you are exactly where you need to be and you do not yes. need to overanalyze what yeah. I'm saying right now. Okay. Because sometimes it's a heart issue on you. It has nothing to do with your church. Mm-hmm. If you aren't being challenged, it is either you who has chosen to remain comfortable. And we've all been there. I will literally be like, Whoa, things are going not too well, but I'm saying like, am I doing anything that makes me uncomfortable right now? Am I doing anything that inconveniences me right now to serve God? Okay. And I have to ask myself these questions. This is my personal walk with the Lord and how I process these things though. And there are a lot of things I do that you will never hear about. There are a lot of things that I do because I don't, when I read the word, it says not to tell the whole world, everything that I do. Right. And it says, when you keep reading, it says, but if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers for whoever keeps the fact that they're grouping this with favoritism, hear me out for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker. And we'll, don't worry, we'll finish with the positive side that comes next, but that's a pretty big deal. Like that favoritism is grouped in the comparison, hear me out of adultery and murder. No. And he didn't say it because he was like, you can't, I think this even ties into James is really good about tying everything. I in love James, three, and I'm not going to get too. I just went off screen. This even ties into three, um, or James three. But when he talks about, you can't be like, oh, I didn't commit adultery, but I murdered this person, but I didn't do this thing. And I think we tend to be like, we're good in all these areas, so this little part's not that big of a deal. But how much is he when he talks about when we slander or speak ill of a brother? And Christ. And I think he's so bad wants us to be like, this is my child. Open your eyes. Look at my child. Love my child. They may look unlovable. They may be hard to get along with. Love them. I'm calling you. I've sent you to this place to love them. So they know that I'm real. Yeah. So that they know I exist. 
this is a life or death situation for these people. And that's how, this is what he's looking at right here. I mean, the fact that he compares it to murder. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's like saying just like, yeah, I mean, and it's the same. That's the thing. And we grew up in a church where sins were different. Like they levels. Sex outside of marriage was like the ultimate sin to me up there with murder. But, but that's not true. It's all sin, gossip. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's the way our religious mindset. I don't know what you grew up thinking, but it's just like, and then you just felt guilty and shameful. And there was no repentance. There was no turning back to the father that was yeah. truly preached back then. If there was, it wasn't enough for us to understand. But like, it, it's, it's truly like, man, this is just so many of us show up and we even play favoritism. And I know this may seem like this is going left field, but this is probably the Holy spirit. We even show favoritism to sin. Like, oh, we really it's like, do. Oh no, it's fine. Like, I'll forgive you for this one, but this one made me. Yeah. <laughs> so you're really holding on to offense yeah. or you're allowing other people to take on offense. So you're causing other people to sin yes. and, but you're not recognizing it and you're not willing to go there because you're comfortable with that, even though you don't do all the other sins, or, um, maybe you're comfortable with lusting so in your heart. Maybe as a woman, you're going to bed and you're laying next to your husband and you're sitting there imagining what it's like to be with somebody else. That's sin. You're lustfully indulging the ways of your flesh. Right. But because, um, but because you don't have like, um, man, I feel like there's so many examples and I feel like that was probably for somebody out there to say that I feel like just like, there are things it's like, we have just got to invite the Holy spirit into the deep parts and say, God, where am I showing favoritism? I know James is addressing people because we are called to serve and love people into the Mm -hmm. kingdom of heaven and let them experience the love of the father. But like Candace said, there are people all over the world who just need to be loved and see what real love is because what they were showed was favoritism. If you do well, then we're going to love you. But if you come into our church and you're pregnant or you're um, sleeping around or you're this, or you're that, then we don't have a space for you in this place. And that is not, that's not our Jesus, you know, like, man, that is not our Jesus. And so I just feel there's something Mm. so much deeper for us as uh, an invitation to invite the Holy spirit into this place of where am I showing favoritism amongst who, and who have I let in my life? That's actually tainting me because, because everybody else likes them. Or who are you following on Instagram because everybody else is following them, but they're really like hurting you, but you're showing a favoritism because the world, does this make sense? Like yeah, this does. can show up in so many ways. I feel like these I are love, randomly I, I think you, you nailed it on the head when you talked about we have favoritism for sin. And even like how we forgive people, our forgiveness, we, we put in sections. We're like, oh, you know, yes, because you did this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. When growing up, I used to say, I don't know if you ever remember me saying this. I loved people. It was very easy for me to forgive people. If you mess with my sister though, you were going to see a different side of me, you know? And it was like, but that's not okay. That's not what God called me to do. I mean, protection is great. You want to help protect people, but I was showing that kind of favoritism of like when, oh, but it's okay. Because if you mess with my family in this way, then you're going to see something that Jesus probably would have never shown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's a big deal. Anyways, yeah. I, I hope this is speaking. I feel like I want to, yeah, and let's end it with the, you, I think you, mm, yes, I can, but I want to, I want to throw this last part in there. Throw it, it in says, there. Speak and so act as those are to be, those 
who are to be judged by the law of liberty for judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy and mercy triumphs over judgment. Oh. And I think that brings back to the Lord's uh, because he desires mercy over sacrifice. And then here, I want to say, it, I love these little notations and it kind of breaks it down, but he's saying that mercy or mercifulness boast against judgment. So it means the believer whose life, if we are full of mercy here on this earth, and if we are not full of favoritism, then we can literally face judge uh, the judge, the ultimate judge, unafraid, because the judge of uh, the judge and his liberality will take into account the mercy that the believer demonstrated on earth. I love that. I want you guys to know the fruit of that in my life. Um, the religious Jamie Lynn back in the day, the one who partnered with the religious spirit or the favorites, I would say this is how favoritism showed up. It's like, um, you know, I see girls walk into the church now and I'm like uncomfortable because their shorts are short, their midriff is showing, or they've got major cleavage. Okay. And to some of you that might be normal. And I just want to say, I don't think that that's normal. Um, when you know how to, and we, we all dress modesty one day, we know we're actually, we've been praying about God in the right heart to do that and address it. Cause we actually feel like it's a very big topic yeah. to talk about because it's a heart thing, not a law thing. But mercy triumphs over judgment in that this past Sunday, I was so shook. This girl walked in and I'm just going to be real. Her boobs were huge and I've never seen any. I mean, it looked like she perked them up to pop them out. And it was massive, like Hollywood level cleavage in a dress, if that makes sense. But she was just wearing a tank top and she's very young. And judgment would be like, how dare her walk in this church? Mercy goes, God. I am so glad that that woman felt comfortable to walk in this church. And I'm so excited for you to encounter her Yes, because I don't know where, her, I don't know her story. I don't know where she's come from, but I know I used to be her and I know what God's done in my mm -hmm. life. And that's mercy triumph over judgment. Yeah. And that is honestly something that can help obliterate favoritism is that mercy triumph. I think judgment is just what plays favoritism. Like there are so many churches that give people a voice that have a lot of money that are destroying the church Yes. because they're bringing in money, but their heart isn't pure. And there are also people who have so much money that are coming into the storehouse that aren't trying to make a way and give their voice because yeah. their hearts are pure and humbled before the Lord and they're obeying. So it's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. And you can be poor and act like a rich man and have just as many problems, if that makes sense, like in the natural. So I feel that to close this out with what Candace was just reading, would you please ask the Holy Spirit, where am I showing favoritism and where am I judging where your mercy covers? Because oh. how you judge, you shall be judged in return. That's wild to me. We pray that out. Oh, yeah. Pray that God gives us the eyes of his mercy over our flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And Lord, I just thank you. I just thank you for your mercy that it, your mercy triumphs over judgment. I God, yes. I thank you that even just the moments where the temptation of judgment come in and you have showed me, God, this is your work in my life. This is not anything I can take credit for, but you have done it in mine and you want to do it in everyone's life where you literally, when the temptation of judgment comes in, that we hear mercy whisper and mercy yes, just Lord, covers the judgment temptation with such white purity and obliterates it. And so we ask God that you would cover everyone with mercy, that you would reveal God that that you would give us eyes to see ears to hear and a mind to understand with your wisdom where mercy is waiting and crying out for us to partner and cover and love people with. And God, are there family members? Are there people in our life that we've played favoritism towards that we're not Sorry. serving and loving the way you've called us to please show us 
um, show us where we need to repent and turn from those ways and show us how to serve so beautifully and draw people into your kingdom in Jesus name. Amen. Yes. We love y'all. We do love you. I hope this is encouraging and not heavy. <laughs> oh, it might be heavy. It might be heavy, but if it is, I hope it's with an encouraging and a loving heart. Yeah, we do. I do too. I said we do too. We do do. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, and leave a comment. We actually love reading the comments and just, we love any kind of feedback. We'll yeah. even take the harsh stuff. So yeah. we actually switched back the way we did this. Cause somebody's like, Hey, I don't like it when you y'all are looking at the camera. camera. And so we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Great. Feedback. We love it. Um, and if you're on an Instagram, that's the quickest way to get a hold of us is to message us through our Instagram, set apart women. And um, we just want to hear from you. And subscribe. If it's anything. Yeah. Most of our listeners, um, which is crazy. We have 75,000 downloads. It's just um, unbelievable in so many different countries, but subscribe to our podcast and like it. And it notifies you when a new episode comes out, but then also leave a review. Uh, we want to hear so from much. you. It does help. It's amazing. Yeah. But also, um, we are closing our applications for our retreat the last okay. week of May. Yes. So we are still opening it up. Um, we're, we're closing up the last it. week of the last first week of may at the latest so yeah like like may 7th <laughs> but what i'm making up a number may 6th may 7th so oh, may 6th is there. a friday so yes okay. may 7th so may 7th done we are done and we're sending everybody there we have yes, a few more spots we do have a few more spots open and it is super affordable and i want you to know for the price you're paying you will be so spoiled it's ridiculous and then we will have an event at the end of the year that we'll tell you about and then also we're hoping for another retreat this year. So stay tuned and follow our Instagram and subscribe to our email list. And we're excited. We love you guys. We love you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. We hope to hear from you. Woo! Hey guys. What's up? Hey. Have you subscribed? What? I couldn't hear you. Have you subscribed? <laughs>